to the City Church Podcast. We hope that you will be abundantly blessed by this message. If you would like to find out more about the city, please log on to our website, www.thecity.sg. Amazing. I think this has been an amazing year for uh, many of us. Uh, this year, I've got the honor of appointing uh, Andre as the lead pastor of this church, and it's a highlight in my life, in my ministry, and has been amazing. I, I know I've been. It's 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 always interesting to um, give the final message for the year. I can look forward and uh, give us a charge to uh, dream bigger uh, and to have faith for bigger things in 2019, and I believe we will do that in the coming years. But as I was praying, I just felt the Lord says to look back and uh, to put a few things in perspective. And I started this year in a strange way because uh, I still remember it was New Year's Eve and I was at Steve Robertson's house. And almost midnight, I received a phone call from a colleague who worked with me, like my PA, and, uh, from the husband. And she was pregnant, five months pregnant. The husband said, we're at the hospital. I think we just lost the baby, five months pregnant. And that was very... Shocking for me because just a few days before we celebrated Christmas as a team and uh, we were still thinking what, what, you know, we're just rejoicing on the fact that the baby is growing well and that they've been praying hard for this child. But to hear this bad news, you know, was shocking, you know, and on New Year's Day, I think she had, she had, to, de- she had to deliver uh, to a stillborn child and that was hard. Strange start to a brand new year and then Seventh uh, of, Jan- of, Jan- of January was my son's birthday. We had a celebration. And the next day we had a board meeting. I got a call from my son. Said I was just playing basketball and I and I think I tore my MCL. And on the first month we rushed to the hospital and you know it was shocking. And then you know the last one has been a strange year as far as I'm concerned. You know heard some pretty bad news when the US got you know heard that. Kelvin was admitted to the hospital and we were praying hard and it was strange. And then shortly after, heard that, 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 that my eldest aunt had a relapse of her cancer. And so it has been a strange year. And I know that great things that had happened this year, I got to marry some people, I've got to you know, appoint a pastor, I've got to do, you know, I've got some amazing memories uh, in 2018. But I think for my life, this year has been one of the most unusual years. Outwardly, things have, have gone well, but I think spiritually, you know, making good progress, but something in me was just saying, God, it, it feels like I'm trying to hear your voice. It feels like, God, you, I know that, that you are there. You promised that you, you, you will never leave us nor forsake us, but this year has been a year where I've been trying so hard to grapple with God's will, and I'm saying, God, what's your assignment for my life? After appointing Andres, uh, the, lead, the lead pastor of this church, is God's will. I'm saying, God, I feel a little bit lost. I, work is going on well. David has been tremendous blessing. Uh, we're doing some cool stuff. But as far as I'm concerned, Daniel Chua lived for one thing. I live to do God's will. And I'm saying, God, what exactly are you doing in my life? What do you want to do through my life? It feels like God turns the light off and it seems like everything is a little bit dark and I'm groping in the dark and I'm just wondering, God, what exactly are you doing in my life? 
was a strange year as far as I'm concerned. And so I want to talk to you this morning on this very unusual topic to end the year, but I entitled my, my talk this morning, When the Lights Go Out. When the Lights Go Out. Let's turn our Bibles, if you have, to Isaiah 50 verse 10 and verse 11. Uh, Isaiah 50 verses 10 and 11. It's probably an uncommon uh, verse if you don't read your Bible. If you have, I think it's a great verse. It says in verse 10, Who among you fears the Lord and obeys the word of his servant? Let the one who walks in darkness, underline that, circle that, let the one who walks in darkness, who has no light, trust in the name of the Lord and rely on his God. Let the one who walks in, in the dark, who has no light, trust in the name of the Lord and rely on their God. But now, all you who light fires and provide yourselves with flaming torches, go, walk in the light of your fires and of the torches you have set ablaze. And this is what you shall receive from my hand, says the, uh, the Lord. You will lie down in torment. You will lie down in torment. Let's pray. Father, we thank you again for this amazing morning for... 2018, God, for all that you've done for us and in us and through us, and we are grateful. We give thanks to you for every breakthrough. We give thanks to you for every trial, and Lord, for every victory, and for every defeat, Father, in our lives. We give you thanks and praise for the lessons we've learned. And Father, as we look forward to a brand new year, we pray that this word would, would, would just give, a, would give us great hope, Lord, and would give us a vision for the year to come. We give all the praise and the glory in Jesus' name. And everyone say, Amen. Amen. Now, we all agree that, that there are times of darkness that we all experience. There are times when nothing seems to make sense. Is it just Daniel Chua? Have you gone through that yourself? There are times when things just simply don't make sense. Losing a child five months into pregnancy when usually in the second trimester was the, you know, was the easiest time of pregnancy and you lose the child. Or when things are going well, when everything seems to you know, be blossoming and you receive a phone call from the doctor and things, and you get a negative report from the doctor. Sometimes, oftentimes, things happen to us that don't seem to make sense. And our natural response, me, you, most people, the most spiritual men and women that we know, in difficult times is to ask God the question, why? All right, most of us will ask God, God, why? But can I suggest to you this morning that why is not the right question? Because probably for the rest of our lives, we don't have the answer. We'll never have the answer. Only God has the answer to the question why. And I want to suggest to you that our question that we should ask is the question how. How are we going to respond to the trial, the testing, the confusion, the mystery in our lives? What do we do when the lights go out, when there is no, no a revelation, when, when, when heaven seems to be brass, when we pray and pray, when we open our Bible and point to a verse in the Bible and, and the verse goes and Jesus wept? You know, and what do we do? When we try all means, we sought counselors, we went for prophetic lines, we, we, we flip through the Bible, we, we discipline ourselves, we wake ourselves up, we, we pray in tongues one hour, and yet God seems to be silent. What do we do when the lights go out? 
I want to make a few points and make some comments. I don't have all the answers, but I want to just share with you some of my observations. I've learned in the last 25 years of walking with the Lord that those of us, that people, those of greatest devotion may know the deepest darkness. Those of greatest devotion may know the deepest darkness. Even those who walk closely with the Lord will experience times of darkness. Let's uh, look at the, the verse on the screen. Job is a classic example. God's servant, verse 1 tells us, In the land of us, there lived a man whose name was Job. And this man was blameless. He wasn't a sinner. And he was upright. He, you know, he, he lived his life to please God. He feared God and he shunned evil. He's, he's probably the most spiritual member of the city if he's part of our membership. He's probably you know, the leader of leaders. He qualifies to be the lead pastor more than Andre Tan. Job, he feared God. He shunned evil. He was blameless. He was upright. And yet in Job 19 verse 8, Job as was going through his trial, his crisis, Job said, God has blocked my way, so I cannot pass. He has shrouded my paths in darkness. Job, a righteous man, was groping in the dark and he's saying, God, what exactly are you doing? Why did, did I lose my wife, my kids, my possessions, my property? And yet I was a righteous man. Job, what about the minor prophet? Uh, what about the prophet uh, uh, Habakkuk? In, in chapter 1, verse 2, the prophet said, How long, Lord, must I call for help? How you do not, but you do not listen. Or cry out to you, violence, and you do not save. See, the prophet, who was a godly person, who was supposed to be prophetic, was wondering, God, I've called to you for help. I'm a prophet, and yet you do not listen. What about John the Baptist? Matthew chapter 11, you've heard this from Andre a couple of times this year. And John, who was the forerunner, the greatest uh, to be born amongst men. And when he was in prison, he sent his disciples to ask Jesus, are you the one who is to come or should, I, or should we expect someone else? Truly I tell you, among those born of women, there has not risen anyone greater than John the Baptist. And yet, whoever is the least in the kingdom of heaven is greater than he. So he was the greatest amongst men. But yet, the Bible tells us that he doubted Jesus. Why was I in prison? If you are the Messiah, and if you are to loose the chains of those who are bound, why am I in chains? John the Baptist, the Apostle Paul, 2 Corinthians 4 verse 8 says, who were hard-pressed on every side, but not crushed. We are perplexed, but not in despair. If you are plunged into a time of darkness, I want to say to you, if some of you who's going through a dark time in your Christian life today, I mean, I, I'm here to declare to you, it doesn't necessarily mean that you have sinned or that you're out of God's will. You may be right in the center of God's will and God has a plan and a purpose for that dark times in your life. Are you with me? Someone say amen. Someone say amen. You may be like Job going through a season of great trial and from that place of trial, you receive a revelation. See, I've learned also that the faith that is born in the light is often developed in the dark. The faith that we have that is so evident to all our friends and family. And we all thought that, wow, this guy is a spiritual giant. If you interview that person, if you go behind the scenes and do a Q&A with this person, oftentimes the great faith that, he's, that, that is so evident publicly has been developed in times of darkness privately. Are you with me? It is in the darkness that our faith grows the most. 
Faith like film, this, is, this, this dates me, all right? But faith like films is developed in the dark. You need a dark room to develop films. Nowadays, of course, digital. But in those days, you've got to pull the film out, dark room. Amen. And there are examples in history of uh, those whose faith was developed in the dark. A good example, the, you know, the, the, the Catholic leader, thinker, who wrote the, the book Paradise Lost, was when he experienced physical blindness, John Milton. In his blindness, he wrote the book Paradise Lost. John Banyan was in prison when he wrote the book Pilgrim's Progress. The Apostle John was in exile in the island of Patmos when he wrote the book of Revelations. Watchman Nee and John Song, Chinese leaders who had the greatest revelations of Jesus were in prison for their faith when they had encounters with God. See, it's in times of darkness that our faith gets developed. I'm here to say this to you, friends. The true test of our character is what we do in the dark. It's easy for us to live great and it's easy for us to be a wonderful Christian and publicly we are all powerful when things are going well. Amen? But it is in darkness that our character is tested. And the true test of our character, whether will you curse God and die or will you, will you hold on in spite of a lack of understanding to the goodness and the faithfulness of God. The true test of our character is what we do with the Lord, what we do with our friends, what we do to ourselves in darkness. So how does God develop our faith in darkness? The Bible tells us in Isaiah 50 verse 10, we've read that, that we are to trust in the Lord, to rely in Him when we're in darkness. God develops our faith when we look to Him. See, oftentimes when we go through darkness, we, we search for lights in everything else except God, who is the light of the world. Amen? But oftentimes we, we go around and, and we start looking for answers in all the wrong places. But God develops our faith when we look to Him. We can ask people to pray for us. We can go to spiritual books. We can go to, to the prophetic line. But ultimately, the answers come from no one else but God. No one else. People can give you all the right counsel. Like Job's friends. Amen? <laughs> With friends like, like, like that who needs an enemy, right? I mean, Job's friends... Who, was, who were godly people trying to help Job understand his season. And yet, I've learned that you can have all this amazing counsel, but ultimately, God, what are you saying? One word from God and everything changes. Amen. God develops our faith when we lean on Him. That's what the psalm in Psalm 23 said, The Lord is my shepherd, I lack nothing. Even though I walk through the darkest valley, I will fear no evil, for you are with me. See, even the psalmist walked through the darkest valley and yet he feared no evil because he knew that God was with him. Your rod and your staff, they comfort me. And Job in chapter 13 verse 15, Job said this, Though you slay me, yet will I hope in him. I will surely defend my ways to his face. Though he slays me, yet I will hope in Him. And this is just Job's confession. Of course, God is not going to kill Job. It's just Job's confession of faith that even in the most extreme of circumstances, he discovered, friends, that relationship is more important than reason. And I pray that this, is a, this will become a reality in all of our lives. See, as human beings who are logical, we sort answers all the time. When we, don't un when we don't understand God's ways, we blame Him. I've done that too. 
I pointed my finger at God and said, God, why? I've gone through a lot of dark times and we want answers and we want the reasons why. But Job, if I can summarize his, his lesson learned, he, Job taught us that relationship is more important than reason. Amen. There are some things that are seen only in the dark that cannot be seen in the light. There are things that we can only discover and see in the light, uh, in the dark that cannot be seen in the light. There are some things that we can only understand in darkness. Good example are stars. Who likes stars? Star, stargazing. You know, I didn't know that there were stars. I knew that it was out there, I read about them, but I didn't know how stars looked like, really, until I was in the Philippines when I was 20 years old, right? And we were out there uh, in the village, and there, there were no street lamps. They, they, they had on, only kerosene lamps because the people weren't rich enough to you know, have like street lamps and, and, and lights. And I walked out one evening, I looked up to, to the sky, and I was like, wow, these are stars. I've never seen so many stars in, in my life. As if the stars just appeared that, that day. The stars have always been there. I just didn't see them. Why? Because of all the other lights. But it was only in times of extreme darkness that the stars are shining brightly and you see the constellations, you see that star and you're like amazed by God's creation. And likewise, the Bible tells us in this very unusual verse in Isaiah 45 verse 3. Let's have a look at the screen. I love this verse. This was a verse that, you know, I, that, that I've always come back to when I try to understand God's ways. I will give you hidden treasures, riches stored in secret places. Now, the word in secret places in Hebrew actually read in darkness. There are treasures in darkness. So that you may know, you may know that I am the Lord, the God of Israel, who summons you by name. There are treasures in darkness, which means that unless you go through darkness, you will never find these treasures. In fact, all of us know that the most precious commodities are all underground. Gold, you've got to mine for them. Oil, you have to mine. It's all underground. If you, there are treasures in darkness. And unless you go through certain trials and testings, you will never discover all these treasures. Amen. In the light, we see what is near. But in the dark, we see that which is far away. And that's true. We gain a perspective of God that's for eternity. You see, when everything is, is going well, we live for the short term. And short term to, to me is 50 years. All right, when I'm, eight, when I'm 85, I live for the short term. When I die, I want to have... But it's only when you go through a crisis, when you go through a test, that you realize that life is beyond just 85 years. You and I know that in times of, of sickness, and I'm not saying God will, uh, is from the Lord, but when you go through it, we realize that there is eternity beyond us. And that the works of your hands will be tested by fire. And whether you have built your life on, on sinking sand, whether you have been accumulating wood, hay and stubble, or have you been 
accumulating gold, silver, and precious stones? And have you built your life on solid rock? Because all these things will be tested, not in just this life, but in the life to come. And you realize that eternity is, is so much longer. You gain a perspective that is far beyond just the, the, the next 50 years. And I pray that all of us, God will birth eternity in our hearts this morning as we look forward to 2019. Because 2019 will be an amazing year. It will, it will just be another year. Amen. It is in the dark that we see far away and say, God, beyond the cosmos, beyond the stars, beyond this light, beyond time and space, there you are. I was going through a very hard time after planting this church and there was all kinds of misunderstanding with friends, with loved ones, with supposedly spiritual fathers, mothers. And I know I don't usually fall sick, but for that season of, of my life, I was like falling ill. Like I was having fever. I, I, my body was breaking down and I knew that it, 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 wasn't, it wasn't physical. It was emotional. And I was just struggling so hard. And I said, God, why are you, we heard clearly that you have caused to plant this, this, this church. Why all this misunderstanding? And it was in that time when I was seeking God and going through a detox from, Christ, from Christianity Inc., all right, or from Church Inc., that life is more than just building a local church that is really about walking with the Lord. It's going through those hard times that I gain a perspective. Hey, that beyond you, you guys, the most important thing in life and in ministry is, is my personal faith in Jesus. Not just doing church, but being a believer. And it was in that time that, you know, I, I encountered the Father's love and that changed my entire life and, I, and gave me a brand new perspective of what church is and what, and what the faith is. And of course, I could go through my detox, but I tell you, it was precious. With, I will go through the pain again if you give me a choice. I'll go through pain again because that freedom I find in the Father's love is just amazing. It was only in darkness that I encountered God as my dad. See friends, I'm coming to a close, but it is better for you to be leaning on God in the darkness than standing alone in your man-made light. Are you with me? It's better for you to be leaning on God in the darkness than for you to be standing alone in your man-made light. Let's go back to Isaiah 50 verse 11. Let's, let's, let's go back to the earlier slides. The verse 11 sounds like a very scary verse. Not a good verse to end the year, but let's have a look at this verse. But now all you who light fires and provide yourselves with flaming torches, go walk in the light that you made. The fires that you made and of the torches you have set ablaze, this is what I will tell you. And, you, and what you receive from my hand, you will lie down in, tor in torment. One of the, 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 the great dangers of darkness is that you may be tempted to light your own fire. Hello? Have I done that? You bet. And man-made fire is deceptive. We thought it's from the Lord, but we light our own fire. And there are, a lot of, and there are examples of this in the Bible. Abraham, for example, right? Strong to help God out, you know, God made him a promise, you will be a father of nations, uh, your, seed will come, your seed will come from your body, it will come through Sarah, but, but he tried to help God out. Sarah tried to help God out and created a mess. Ishmael was born, Moses tried to help God out. He knew that he was called to be a deliverer, but he took matter into his own hands and he started his own, his own fight. And for 40 years, he was in the desert. 
Simon Peter. All right, was trying to help Jesus out by cutting the ear of uh, the, the soldier. See, oftentimes, we are powerful people. Yes, we declare that, we believe that. But power that is not contained by the fruit of self-control can get out of hands. Right? As Christians, we know that we can, we can build this great church in our own strength, easily. We can become rich by striving. We can be popular by promoting ourselves. We can go out there trying to do our own thing. We can light our own fire. But the fruit of that is sleeplessness, pain, poor man, trying to maintain your persona online, trying to keep up with the Joneses. The Bible tells us that the blessings of the Lord makes one rich and he adds no sorrow to it. It can happen to people in ministry. I was thinking back in my life and the worst day of my life was after what seemed to be the biggest triumph ever in my ministry. Some of you may remember, I think Andre was around then, uh, Christine was in the youth group. We had the biggest turnout ever in the youth group that I was pastoring, biggest. We had a big day, right? So we packed out the hall that could sit 800 people with 1,200 people. People were sharing seats. The front was all packed out and we had to turn away 400 people, 400 I, I learned from some of our friends, know him. I learned from a, a pastor named Chayek that you should do big days, right? Big days, gather people. So the first big day was amazing. It was, it was birth in the spirit. We prayed, we, we interceded, and God blew our mind. We had 250 decisions, and the youth group doubled in one day. So I thought, wow, that's easy. I just rinse and repeat next year. We can grow by 250 uh, this year. Next year, we'll grow by 400. So we went out. We, we, some of you know the story. We just went out. We, we worked hard. And 1,600 people came. We jammed East Coast Road. Cars were stopping because all these teenagers were queuing up trying to get into church. But I had a carrot. It, it was man-made. I said, you, you come. In those days, iPod was, was like new in the market. I said, you can, win, you can stand a chance to win an iPod. If you come and just sit through the service. And so people were coming, not to hear the gospel, not because their friends were coming or inviting, for the free iPod. And of course, it was a great day. We had 400 cards fell, fell out. Next, uh, next morning was our service and I was expecting the youth group to grow by at least 250 more. Right, the stats were showing that and the next day our, our, our numbers dipped. People were all tired. People were coming late and I sunk into depression for half a year because I said, God, I thought this is supposed to be easy but I knew in my heart of hearts that that was an Ishmael. That was man-made. That was using my own strength trying to produce God's fruit and I learned my lesson. If God is not in it, hey, don't light your own fire. Some of you may disagree with me, but I made a wrong move by moving out from 50 McPherson to Lion Building. Some of you join us there, so you love. The, but I tell you, it was the toughest three years of my life. Misunderstanding with dear friends. People were, were confused. There was this confusion because in that area for the longest time, it was a stronghold. And when I made that decision, it was a pragmatic decision. 
I went there because, wow, same rental, three times the size of the space, our kids need to grow, and I said, no brainer, let's go. Three years of hell. Some of you may think it's three years of heaven, but for me, it was like, wow, it was so tough. Nothing I was doing was right. I struggled to preach. I, you know, people and people were, you know, were coming, they were going. Andre left for, for three years. And those, <laughs> he completely missed that three years. God spared you, but it was confusing. Oh, because I thought, that's a no-brainer. You heard my story of uh, how I moved to my new apartment. And again, same thing. No-brainer, right? I can sell the house for 40000 above uh, valuation and then I can move in. And in the end, you know, it, was, it was a negative sale, which means I have to cough up more money to buy my apartment. And then to make matter worse, the flat was actually talented previously to a Malaysian who owes loan shark money. And when Joy brought me to see, see the house that was writing on the wall, not God writing the, on the wall, but was owe money, pay money. I said, is this our house? I looked at the unit number, yeah, it is our house. I called my lawyers and said, can I get out from the option to purchase? He said, no. And I said, okay, that's it. And the loan sharks came three more, three more times, splash on the wall, right on the wall. Right? And of course, God is good. He, you know, that there, there, there will always be grace and silver lining from your mistakes because we serve a wonderful God. When we make mistakes, God, you know, God, Turn what devil meant for evil to good, our foolishness to his wisdom. And we didn't know that an MRT station is coming up next to our flat. So praise God for that. But when I made the decision, I lit my own fire. Did God torment me? No, it was my own torment. It was my own foolishness. It's better for us to lean on God in darkness than to stand alone in our man-made light. I want to know that God is in this together with me. Amen. Amen. As I close, if your sun is set, either because of your own foolishness or because you're in a season where you realize, God, where are you? And you're, you're, you are wondering, if your sun is set, I've got good news for us. It will rise again. It will rise again. The morning will come. You have gone through dark, the dark night of the soul, but there's a better day coming. I've seen this happen time and time again. All we need to do is just to press into God, draw close to Him again, confess and of our foolishness. And or even if not, just say, God, I don't understand why, but I choose to trust you. When you go through darkness and come out on the other side, you'll learn things you'll never, you never knew before. I love this verse in Psalm 112 verse 4. Let's have a look at the, at the screen. Psalm 112 verse 4 says, Even in darkness, light dawns for the upright, for those who are gracious and compassionate and righteous. For even in darkness, the promise to you, the promise from God's word is, light dawns for the upright. Even in darkness. Are you in darkness this morning? What darkness are you, are, are, are you going through? Are you like me, puzzling, puzzled about God's next step for your, for your life. Things may be going well outwardly, but you know in your heart of hearts that things are a bit strange. It's like, God, for the first time, I can't hear you. I sought my heart. I said, God, are there waywardness in, in me? Did I make a, a silly mistakes again? Like, did, I, did I light my own fire? No, I didn't. And so, God, why aren't you speaking? God, why aren't you speaking? 
And I kept seeking God. God, what are you saying? I tried this a little bit. I tried. I was like fiddling around. Maybe God wants you to do this, to do that. But yet, I'm, I'm so conscious that, that I may be lighting my own fire. And I said, God, I don't want to light my own fire. I want to know that you are with me. Amen. As I close and bend on stage, please, Psalm 30 verse 5 says, For his anger lasts only for a moment, but his favor lasts a lifetime. Weeping may stay for the night, but rejoicing comes in the morning. Friends, 2018 may be a challenging year for some of you. If if it has been, the hope we have as Christians is weeping may last for a night, but joy comes in the morning. Amen. Even in dark times, God has done great, great things. I was just thinking through what God has done in some of your lives this year. Amazing. I was just with my wife on the bed 1 a.m. thinking through some of the examples I, I want to share. And uh, we, we were just naming different people who went through tough times. And, and we saw the fruit that comes out from that darkness. Say, wow, God, you're amazing. You're amazing. So that can be your testimony if you choose to lean on God, trust in Him, rely on Him. Can I just have those verses up up again? The first verse, Isaiah 50 verse 10, may may this be your hope this morning. Who amongst you fears the Lord? Obeys the word of His servant. Let the one who walks in the dark, who has no light, trust in the name of the Lord. His name is Jesus, yes? And rely on their God. Even if there's no light, trust. Even if you don't understand, rely on the Lord. My favorite verse, let's all stand to our feet. My favorite verse in the book of Proverbs, I've used this as like a life verse that says, Trust in the Lord with all of your heart. Lean not on your own understanding. In all your ways, acknowledge Him and He will direct your path. Trust in the Lord with all your heart. Lean not on your own understanding. This is easy for people like me who's not so smart, but for those who are super intelligent here, all the, all the scholars, it's easy for us to lean on our own understanding. But this verse is for you. Trust in the Lord. Lean not in your own understanding, but in all your ways acknowledge Him and He will direct your path. So Father, we come to you this morning. We thank you for a lot for the year that has passed. Lord, you're always for us. Father, even when we don't understand why we're going through what we are going through, we hold on to this truth that God, if you are for us, no one can be against us. That you are, that you are a very present help in time of And Father, for some of us, I, I just sense that perhaps you have brought us to the end of ourselves, the end of our own strength, the end of our own intelligence, the end of not our own wisdom. We've sought counsel from the best of the best. In our marriage, we've sought help from the experts. In our parenting, we've sought help from those who are qualified with all the letters behind their names. We've, 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 we've done what we humanly can and yet God, here we are again at the end of this year back at the foot of the cross and looking at you and saying, God, 
unless you are with us unless we hear your voice but nothing else matter nothing else matter